Today we have with us Veronica Williams, matching passion with purpose. Veronica Williams is a sought-after motivational speaker and is also the co-founder of Alliance Seminars Coaching, which is a veteran-owned faith-based organization that provides clients with coaching services. How very appropriate that near Veterans Day, we have Veronica Williams with us. Veronica notes that the mission of Alliance Seminars Coaching is to support clients by sharing strategies and skills that strengthen personal and professional relationships. Listen in as she shares her passion with us today on Earrings Off. Her website is www.allianceseminars.org. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Earrings Off. We want to invite you to subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. You can find us on Facebook at Earrings Off Podcast and on Instagram at The Earrings Off Podcast. Welcome to Earrings Off. I'm Lou. And I'm Teresa. Let's get started. Hello, Veronica, and welcome to Earrings Off. How are you today? I'm great. Good. Thank you, thank you for joining us. Yes, thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to our conversation. So in, in looking at your um your 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 profile, I saw that you you moved from Compton to Washington, DC, from Compton coast to coast. How did that happen? Tell us a little <laughs> bit about that story. That story began um, by getting married to my husband, and he was in the military, stationed on the East Coast, and I moved with him. Okay. Um, Didn't know I would ever in my whole life move on the East Coast, Uh, however it happened. Um, My husband and I, we actually went to um, junior high and high school together, never dated, and okay. even after high school, I went to college. He went to the military. Mm-hmm. I hadn't really caught up with him until um, we saw each other at our 10-year class reunion. And I, w- I went with some friends. He and I talked. And um, he would come back from time to time because of the travel that was involved. And he would get together with some friends. But I never was ever able to go. Mm-hmm. And um, our 10-year reunion, we connected. I finally got an opportunity to go to lunch with him. And from there, we became really, really good friends. Wow. And it evolved into um, him proposing to me uh, and me accepting the proposal and willing to be married to a military man and move 3,000 miles away with him. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. Dory. Yeah. So, Veronica, can you explain how men and women see through different lens? Talk to us a bit about that. Yes. So my husband and I, we facilitated a couple's Bible study for seven years with a couple um, with couples at our church. Mm -hmm. Um, Our pastor had asked us to do this. So through the research, my husband and I found a book by Dr. Um, Eckerich, and it is called Love and Respect what um, women desire and what men need desperately. And what that was is men, men need, women need desire love and men um, 
desperately need respect. And in his book, he talks about how men and women see things differently. He said that women see through pink lenses and men see through blue lenses. And the very um, example that I like to use about it, he said a woman will go in her closet and she will say, I have nothing new to wear. I have nothing to wear. Mm -hmm. um, a man will go in his closet and he says, I have nothing to wear. So two same scenarios, but only the woman's response would be uh, meaning that she has nothing new to wear. Like there's probably not, she got plenty to wear, but there's nothing in there to wear. And from a man's perspective, he goes into his closet. He's really saying, I have nothing to wear because everything that I have worth wearing is dirty. And so he talked about that analogy in, in, in so many various terms as to how men and women can have the same scenario and look so different. And so that is really what happens in marriages when people, when couples get together, they see things differently. Um, they don't really talk out what their real differences are. A lot of times in developing relationships, it's more surface talk. Nothing in depth. So we don't really get to really know the person. We only say, yes, I'm marrying you. And then once you say I do, it's a whole different ball game because it's not the individual mm -hmm. um, that you thought you were marrying. So I bet I'm sure when you um, you and your husband facilitated a Bible study for couples for seven years, you saw a lot in that time. What were some of the greatest challenges that you saw among couples other than the fact basically that you see through different lens? But what what would you say would have been the greatest challenge that you saw among couples? The greatest challenge. Let me just start the first night we got there. Um, we watched every couple come in and every couple that came in did not sit close to their spouse. Is there was a gap. It was a gap yeah. in between. Yeah. And I said, Lord, what are you going to do with this? <laughs> Help, right. Really? That was your, your husband. Uh, you and your husband. That was your observation. That was our observation. And I'm a very observation person. So I'll tell you a little more as we move yeah. forward. So one of the challenges that we really found out with couples that communication was an issue. Mm. And they were not being authentic. They were not being their true selves. My husband likes to equate it to we bring our representative when we meet someone. And then once we say, I do, the representative will say, I'm out of here. You're on your own. And then oh you cannot. <laughs> and you can't do what the representative would have been doing because that wasn't really you. Mm. You know, yeah, I, yeah. I tell people the advice my mom gave to me the night before I got married was, and, and this, you know, I'm trying, I'm trying to phrase it just as she said it to me. We were sitting on the sofa and she said to me, Lou, don't start anything in this marriage that you can't keep up, that you wow. can't continue to do. And mm -hmm. I, I never forgot that. And, and so I was just determined from that day let my husband see the good, the bad, the ugly. I know he said, well, it didn't quite have to go that far, but that's what I let him see. You know, it's this is what you got. And uh, certainly there's always room for improvement yeah. and you work and you grow and you change. But, you know, being authentic in your marriage, that's critical. Yeah. And, and what goes with that authenticity is being vulnerable. 
And that's what, like you say, um, if you're really going to get married, you got to be willing to be vulnerable. And that's where you get the good, the bad, the ugly, and all those things that are unknown. Because sometimes we do find out different things when we're dating. Yeah. yeah. And we still don't, yeah. we don't heed to the red flags right. and we go on with it. But yeah. then somehow when we say I do, those red flags are now a problem. And you're saying I can't be in this marriage. Well, why did you stay in a relationship for 12 years with this person doing the same thing? It's no different. Right, right. So I, you know, being authentic, um, people are not honest um, with their feelings, with their emotions, all of that. We discovered a whole lot. And what I discovered is that a lot of people are carrying a lot of weight. Mm. And another thing, the second point out of that book was that we as women, we cannot get historical when we're having a disagreement with our spouse. We have to focus on what the situation is. But the problem is we go back 10 years ago, you did the same thing and that it has nothing to do with the situation. Now we have to stay within the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and as we become vulnerable, we have to really accept the person for who they are and not who we want them to be. Yeah. So we need to get that disbelief out of our mind. And then we need to connect with other couples that got it going right now. They might've started out with some of your same scenarios, but today it looks a lot better to you than it did for them when they were going through it. But the thing is that they survived it. And that's one of the things we do is when we do couple coaching for pre-engaged couples, prior to ending, we connect them with another couple to walk with them for the next oh. year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we're always we're always available as well, but we connect them with another couple because we find a couple that has some of the same scenarios that they may have mm-hmm. that will be that they can go to in confidentiality mm-hmm. and that they can trust mm-hmm. and that it will be amongst the four of them. Mm-hmm. And um, that is so important in these days and times as Very quick as so. people are getting married and divorced. Uh, we, we eat it like it's, um, I don't know. Like it's popcorn, <laughs> you know. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah, yeah you're and, right. And, and when we get a when we get that hard kernel, what we do, we we spit it out. So yeah. we 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 gotta make sure that you really are in it for the long haul. Uh-huh. And one of the understandings that we had to discover and that we discovered and we shared with our couples and what most of the couples got out of it by the end that we by the end of the time um, when we ended is that you're not gonna have a perfect marriage. At the end of the day, we should be working towards having a healthy mm-hmm. marriage. Mm-hmm. And when, how do you get to a healthy marriage? You nurture the relationship. You, you, you do the date nights. You communicate. You be honest. You be truthful. And you also need to see through a lens of um, critical conversation and, and, critical, uh, and um, be empathetic. To kind of reverse when your spouse is telling you something, listen with the intent that you put your yourself in their shoes so that you can have empathy to understand that your response is going to be quite different than when you um, rather than lash out. So learning to understand each other, learning to communicate and understand where each other is coming from Mm -hmm. is so important. Yeah. 
So, okay. so are you saying that healthy makes for an ha- a happy marriage? A healthy makes for a marriage that is sustainable. There's another book. It only costs $5. It was so great. We did it. I, I, I discovered the book. I read it. And then I was like, oh, let me present this to the couples. Yeah. And the book is called, uh, it, it, it's called, um, the whole premise of the book is that God didn't put us together to be happy, mm-hmm. but he put us together to be holy. Marriage is one of the first institutions that help us to learn how to be holy. Because we're taking two different people from two different backgrounds and merging them together to be in one household, to be able to, for one, in some cases, they're coming together. In some cases, they're coming as a blended family. But you're you're representing Christ Jesus in the love that you display and that you present towards that love, that that spouse. So that was very intriguing. It was very powerful because most couples say, well, I'm not happy in this marriage. I'm ready to go. I've been married 25 years. And I'm looking at them and I'm like, you know what? Here, I have this book. Because have you looked at it from the perspective that I'm not really supposed to be happy, but I'm supposed to be holy when I say that I am a Christian and when I say that I am, um, you know, uh, called to this marriage of institution. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's not really about being happy as much as it is about being holy. Happiness will come out of it. But do you want to be happy for a day or do you want to be married for a lifetime? What what do you tell what do you tell couples who are dealing with that whole sex versus intimacy? Um regarding let me start from the from the second one. Intimacy yeah. is where the two of you are just connecting. It could be through conversation, mm-hmm. it can be through holding hands, it could be um um just anything that is allowing you to get to, together. Mm-hmm. Um, people uh, misconstrue how um, or misinterpret sex and intimacy being the same thing or whatever. But actually, intimacy, the spending the time together, the getting emotionally connected, getting physically connected in terms of the touch, um, the, the very different emotions that go along with that is what leads to sex. And really in marriage, um, it's not really about sex. You know, another thing that we found out in reading a book by Dr. Kevin Lehman is that um, when we are making love with our spouse as as a couple, we are glorifying God because he developed marriage and and, 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 um, making love for couples. Mm -hmm. Um, And so... It's what you do outside of the bedroom that makes it a good, if you want to say, sex life in the bed. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. from a woman's perspective, if you're not talking to me, if you're not treating me well mm-hmm. outside of the covers, outside of the bedroom, if you're not, you know, when we get in the bed, you want to get close and think it's time to, to make love. But well, I'm still focused mentally and emotionally on how you treated me when we were outside of the bed. So I'm not going to give you any, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to um, do that. But is that, is that, is that, is that right? Is mm-hmm. it, is it, is it the proper thing to do? Mm-hmm. So we as couples have to learn the proper way of treating one another and the difference between intimacy, the things that happens outside of the bed is really the things that lead into a good, 
um, sex life in your in your marriage. Mm. Okay, so are there any tools for couples experiencing challenges in their marriage? There's so many things out there. I would suggest for what I generally tell couples is that they can go to someone like me who is a coach. Mm-hmm. Or we like to just recommend marriage counseling because a lot of the times when couples are experiencing some issues or challenges, it's really not with what's happening right now. It's something that is derived from years ago or their past. So we suggest that you go to licensed marriage counselors because they can dig deeper individually and collectively to get you guys or to get the couples past um, those things that are hindering and causing challenges within their marriage. So thank you for that. Um, What about you? Um, How did you get to this point? Were there any adversities that you had to to overcome? Um, What what kind of challenges did you face, if you did? (laughs) You know, to be honest, the only challenge that my husband and I um, we faced. For one, we felt when we got married, we really dated. And people laugh at me because I always told my husband when he was considering um, a long distance relationship with me, I said, you're going to have to do something that is taboo. And that is you're going to have to court me. I'm going to have to know that I am number one because I'm not playing second fiddle to anyone, especially with you being on the East Coast. I'm on the West Coast. And then I need to, and and he came to visit, um, you know, intermittently with trips and we visited and met different places, but I needed to know that this is what you really wanted to get into. You know, this is a marriage that is going to, it's going to rely, rely on me. You know, I don't really count it as a loss, but I had a steady job. I was going to have to quit my job. I was the youngest in my family. My family relied on me, even though I was the youngest. Everyone else was married and had their children. I had none. Um, and so I, I was giving up not being in with my family, meaning that I wasn't going to yeah. make every holiday that I'm used to. Yeah, those are big sacrifices. Yeah. Big sacrifices, because marriage is a sacrifice. Yeah. Big and little things. Yeah. Um, so I, and, and the thing is, I already had known of people that got married, and even my mom, they got married, they moved with their spouse, and then they're back home and you're wondering like, what happened, right? I said, I don't wanna go back home. If I'm saying, yes, I do, I'm in for the long haul because I'm already learning more about the military style of life and you having to go away and things like that. Mm -hmm. So that was some of the challenges. The biggest challenge in our marriage was um, having two miscarriages. Wanting children and having a miscarriage um, and making sure that each of us was emotionally uh, well, Mm -hmm. that we weren't. um, And for me, I had to make sure that it wasn't even all about me. Mm -hmm. Everybody want to go to the woman. You want to go, you know, they they forget about the man. But one of the things I did is I told everybody, don't call us yet. We'll call you. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because I really wanted us to have that 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 time together to sort out our own emotions behind it and and to just talk. How do you feel? Do you want us to go? Do we need to talk to anyone? You know, how do you want that to do? But we dealt with it with that. And then we had our family involved in our lives since we both had two supportive family you know families 
and close friends that were nearby, that helped us get through it. I mean, we went through the first one and it was very, um, it was difficult, but our families helped us to get through it. Um, and then we went through a second one as well. And um, that was really totally unexpected. And learning how not to blame one another, because a lot of times what we've heard and went to conferences about is when there's yeah. a miscarriage in marriages, the couples seem to split sometimes. Yeah. They yeah. go their separate ways. Yeah. But we already knew that God was in it. Yeah. We already knew that he was in it. We had to trust God. And one of the things um, after the second miscarriage, one of the things that God showed me and I had shared it with my husband and I don't even give testimonies at church. And I find myself standing up and giving a testimony at church because God gave this to me. And he said, um, you're only in your storm as long as you allow yourself to be. Oh, wow. Like, God, what do you mean by that? Yeah. As soon as you turn it all over to me, mm-hmm. healing yeah. process can be begin. Yeah. I was already sold out for God, but that was a moment where I had to really be sold out again to be mm-hmm. able to draw my strength. And I think in having those two miscarriages, I think it allowed God to show my husband the strength of a woman that I am. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because I'm the youngest in my family. My family like to baby me, even though I'm married and I'm here doing my own thing and they're trying to figure out, is she okay? Um but I think that was the situation that God put us in to know the strength of both of us, mm-hmm. whether mm-hmm. it's our weaknesses or um, we developed that. And it actually drew us closer. We just recently, earlier this month, um, celebrated 24 years of marriage. Wow. And, and um, I was, uh, you know, I remember a young lady asking me, she said, wow, how do you stay married 24 years? I said, you know, you have to put the ego out of it. There's no ego in love. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. there's vulnerab- no vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And she was amazed because she asked me this question and my answer was no. And the question that she asked me because of all the things that go on in life and marriages, has there ever been any infidelity? Mm-hmm. And I told her, you know, I can really say that there's never been any infidelity. I even mentioned it to my husband and we talked about it and being in the military, um, knowing that he was always in leadership and some of his trips were with other women that was in the military events we went to, things like that. But he always introduced me to all the people, you know, mm-hmm. um, and we all and even being in church leadership and being involved in church and people didn't really know that I was his wife because I didn't sit with him because he was in church leadership at the time I had the baby. So they didn't see me like that. Um, so people like men that, that, that um, show a disposition that they got it all together, that they're doing well uh-huh. um, and that they know that they're married, but I don't see the wife or whatever, but I was always in the audience. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But what he had to show them is that I got what I need <laughs> at home or in here. You know, he yeah. always came to me. Um, and I think what happens is that we um always showing unity, mm-hmm. always being each other's backbone, always supporting. Um, there that's a lot of the times that I'm dealing with a lot of women, they don't want to be where their husband is. Well, why are you married? 
you know, or he doesn't like to go where I am. It takes sacrifice. You have to go to places that you don't like. You have to go to places that you're tired, but you got to go because you need to just be there to be that supportive um, piece to your to your spouse. Not just at um, ceremonies, but it could be anything. You mm -hmm. just always yeah. want to show that support. Right. And so right. for us, I don't say that we had any real challenges. That was where it was going to be down and dirty in the mud, you know. We haven't had to go to any um, counseling or counselors. We have, you know, had different conversations with different friends of ours about certain topics and things like that. And I think if a couple can find another couple that they can really talk and air a whole lot of stuff from a mature standpoint of being vulnerable and um not out of anger or animosity, I think that helps keep some mm -hmm. of the challenges down too, because I don't think, uh, especially in today's time when there's no real, some families, what we found even out of the couple's um, Bible study is that a lot of families do not have true mentors. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So um, what do you like to share with women who seek purpose? What I like to share with people that uh, women that seek purpose, I tell them find out what your passion is. When you can find your 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 passion, mm -hmm. match that up with your purpose. You know, whatever it is you like. Um, if you like helping people, and it's a passion to help, say young people. I really love helping young girls so that they can build self-esteem, they can get through some of the challenges and traumas of their life. Find something that is purposeful that can create that atmosphere for them. Mm -hmm. And that's how you can develop your own mentoring business or you can just find another program that you could take these young ladies to and just share your time that way. Mm -hmm. uh, because then at the end of the day, you find that my passion, something that I really, really love to do and always want to do, match up to what my purpose is. And that is to make sure that I'm bringing someone else up behind me to, to have um, purpose in life. And at the end of the day, that they feel fulfilled. Veronica, we have actually reached um, the end of the questions, but would you like to share some resources, um, how people can get in touch with you, um, just any not any nuggets that you might want to leave with our audience? Would you would you please share? Yes, I would share to the single um, women that might um, listen. I would say to you, if you're in um, a phase of life where you are uh, feeling alone and that, oh, will I ever meet my Mr. Right? I would encourage you to just try to be the best you first. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people say, oh, I want to meet my Mr. Right. But I think we need to focus on ourselves to be the right person. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then you can, tr then maybe the right person will come along for the right relationship. Mm -hmm. For married couples that seek out, that need help in their challenges, don't be afraid to reach out to someone around you, whether it be an older couple that has wisdom, not wisdom in even the years, but wisdom that they've grown through some of the same challenges that you and your spouse have gone through. And then just living life, making sure we take out time for ourselves. 
and making ourselves um, number one sometimes. It's not a selfish act, but it's the only way that we can create a healthy environment for ourselves to be able to help others without running ourselves down to being not not able to help anyone else. We can't help anyone um, when we're not healthy. And so those are some of the nuggets I would say. Mm Um, I would say reach out to counselors. You can reach out to myself um, at Alliance Coaching on Facebook or either AllianceSeminars.org um, through our website. And we're available to assist women, men, and we also do facilitating of um, workshops that are tailored to organizations and individual churches and um, organizations. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. I know that um, this conversation is going to be a benefit um, to our audience. So again, thank you for joining us and um, we wish you all the best here at Earrings Off. Take care. Thank you. You too.